0: Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Scott Knuckles with The Untold Story. Thank you for joining me. I hope today's message will drive you to a greater faith, a more lasting hope, and a deeper love for others and yourself. I'm reminded of the quote by Thomas Edison. He said, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Let's get started with today's podcast. Death Valley, located in Eastern California, is the hottest place in America and one of the hottest places on earth. The hottest air temperature ever recorded was 134 degrees. Nothing grows there. Why? Because it doesn't rain. That's why it's called Death Valley. But something peculiar happened in 2005. Death Valley received the heaviest rains ever recorded. By spring, there was a phenomenon that occurred. The floor of Death Valley was carpeted in flowers. The entire area sprang to life. Wildflowers and reflective pools covered these contoured badlands and splintery rock towers. What did all this prove? That Death Valley isn't dead after all. It's merely dormant. At the right time with the right conditions, seeds are waiting to flourish. Given the right environment, this area will spring to life. I believe that God is asking us, why have we let our dreams go dormant? Everything he wants to do in and through us has a purpose in this life. He wants you and me to stretch out and pursue what he has called us to, to pick up that dormant dream and get back on the path. But for some of us, the dream has died. We don't want to admit that we've given up on it, but we're no longer pursuing, which is exactly the same thing. But the truth is, your dream is not dead. It is dormant, just like Death Valley. There's an important scripture in the Bible where one word can get overlooked. It says, the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Imagine that, the calling of God is irrevocable. We often latch on to the gifts part, but we don't always recognize that there is a calling. Eugene Peterson says in the message that the gifts and calling are under full warranty. Never canceled, never rescinded. This calling has a twofold meaning. One is a calling into a personal relationship with Christ, which I think all of us would agree is paramount and foundational to everything. But then there is a physical calling for what he has for us in this life or in a season of our life. The tragedy is that many of us think dreams only come true for others. When we are talking about God-breathed dreams, we have to realize that He hasn't forgotten, nor has He turned a blind eye. He is aware of the suffering we're going through and the desert we have been walking in. It's most important that we realize that He has not abandoned us in the midst of a storm or in the desert place. The title of the podcast is Where Is Your Dream? Webster's defines a dream as a strongly desired goal or purpose, something that fully satisfies a wish. Dreams take different forms and come in different shapes and sizes. Some are big and some are small, and some are inward and some outward. The Bible has a lot to say about dreams. It says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Further, it says, May he give you the desires of your heart and make all of your plans succeed. And finally, it says, But the plans of the Lord stand forever, the purposes of his heart through all generations. All of this leads to one thing, we are ordained and destined for a purpose. Purpose is literally in the heart of every man. The Bible says that we are being changed and that we are a new creation, that our minds are being transformed and that as we grow in Christ, we go from glory to glory. Why does it say that? Why? Because we are destined and equipped to fulfill a purpose, our purpose. Do you know that nearly every major accomplishment in life starts with a dream? A dream is birthed and it gives way to a vision. It gives way to a vision of what the future can be or what it should be. Dreams and vision generate goals, and goals generate action, and action. Propels us forward. It's interesting because dreams from our Creator are in our core. For some of us, it's about changing our world. For others, it's that job you've always dreamed of that will lead to the goal you have for your future. Some of you have wanted to go back to school and get that degree for a purpose. Some of you have a dream to be reconciled with your children or to see your children walking in victory dreams take so many different forms. There is finality to our existence here on Earth. The clock turns whether we want it to or not. At certain times in life, we want it to speed up, to get to that future place we're hoping and longing for. And for others, we want it to slow down because life seems to be passing us by. What was once young and vibrant is now older. Where has the time gone? That most precious resource of ours. Did you know that there are 1,440 minutes in a day? There are more than a half a million minutes in a year. On average, we have over 29,000 days to make a difference on this earth. We start this life completely helpless, but then we grow, develop, and learn in our younger years. We take chances and risks that many of us wouldn't dare take today. As we get older, the arc changes, and if we aren't careful, we begin to shrink back and narrow our focus, believing we have nothing to offer. I was reading an article from Inc. Magazine, and it was written by Marcel Schwantes. And in that article, it says that only 8% of people achieve their goals. That's right. Or said another way, imagine this, 92% of people won't achieve their goals. Why do people give up on their dreams and their goals? Why? Well, research tells us it's any number of reasons, but there are quite a few we can point to. Are we afraid to take a step toward our dream? Maybe we can't see the path to get to it. We don't believe we're able to achieve it. We've tried and hit roadblocks and failed. Our dream is taking way too long. It's too much work. Others are telling us we can't do it. And then we allow ourselves to be afraid of what others think of us. And because we let ourselves be surrounded by doubters and naysayers. But the Bible is filled with terrific examples of people achieving their dreams. If we don't want to be in the 92% that never achieves their dreams, we must do several things. And number one, which is hard, is we have to be willing to wait. We live in a world of instant gratification. Everything we expect immediately. But did you know that Abraham's dream, the dream that God gave him that he would be the father of many nations the first down payment on that dream took 25 years. And there's a story about Joseph who as a young man had dreams about the future and his role in it. And it took 13 years before he would realize that dream and not without a lot of hardship. He was sold into slavery. He was falsely imprisoned. He endured tremendous pain, and yet, at the right time, he rose up and became an amazing leader. Did you know Moses was in the desert for 40 years before stepping into the dream God had for him? It's incredible, but sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes it doesn't come quickly. And the second thing we've got to remember is that we're going to endure trials along the way, that it isn't going to be a piece of cake. Sometimes we look at other people and we believe that the success came easily because we're watching people as they live in that success. But once you hear the story of how they got there and how significant the trials and troubles they went through, there's a newfound respect. And appreciation for that. Did you know that from the time King David was anointed king, it took at least 15 years before he was crowned? 15 years! During this time, he experienced tremendous heartache. Imagine serving the king faithfully, and he is so jealous that it's his life's mission to kill you. He attempted multiple times to kill David even though David loved him dearly. That's what happens. David was being refined by the fire. Sometimes we learn through these trials and situations so that when we do get in a position or in that place that God has us, we're able to manage it appropriately. Not to mention King Saul, but there's another important among many. David was doing the right thing, and his entire family and that of his soldiers, their families, were carted off, literally into slavery. He had to run all night and day for three days to catch up to rescue his family. But listen, he was doing the right things when trouble came along. Sometimes we've got to endure before we see the success. There's something peculiar in the Bible. It it says that David was the apple of God's eye. That to me is impressive and something I often thought about. I want to be the apple of God's eye. Let me ask you why he was named that. Could it be that he would not stop serving God with his whole heart when nothing seemed to be going right? You know what David did when things weren't going right? He didn't complain. He cried out to the Lord. And I can prove that to you. He would not give up. Do you know that David's Psalms, the ones he wrote, they dealt with praise and adoration toward God, but they also addressed thanksgiving, pain, suffering, and forgiveness. One of the most spoken Psalms in Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do you know that of all the Psalms written, about 150 of them, that David wrote 73 of them? Many of us have read those over and over again, and we prayed those Psalms over our lives, over our families. They're powerful. You know, First Peter 4.12 says, Beloved, Don't be surprised by the fiery trials you're going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials. Why? Because they make you partners with Christ in His suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing His glory when it is revealed to all the world. That is amazing. Did you catch that? Be very glad. We literally get to become partners with Christ and have wonderful joy of seeing His glory when it's revealed. See, the trying of our faith works patience. We must be overcomers. There is no place for complaining, except for taking it to the Lord who can do something about it. Number three is that we must exercise faith. I wanna tell you a story that literally took me aback. It was in the year 2000. Here I am working for this company for only three years, traveling full time. Carrie has this successful job. She's recruiting technology folks and she's making a lot more money than I am. We bought our first house and as soon as the baby came, my wife does something that blows me away. For the entire time I've known her, which been married about 10 years at this time, she tells me I'm a corporate woman and I always will be. I am not going to want to stay home and raise my baby. I want to have help, but I am not going to do that. I need the stimulation of being around people. And some of you ladies know what I'm talking about. But some of you ladies also had a complete heart change like my wife. And she says to me, she says, can I talk to you? And it's really important. I had had no idea what this was about, but I knew it was serious because she had never said anything like that before. So, she sits me down and she says, Scott, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. I want to raise our baby. I'm sitting there and guys, my mouth was wide open. I was shocked, like literally, what? And she said, I am not going to hound you about this, but I'm asking you as a leader of our home to pray and ask God what he wants for us. Gentlemen, in the flesh, I couldn't get my arms around the finances. She's got a better job right now than I do. I'm really just starting my career, I'd been in the army and was went to college and all these things and really just started my career. And long story short, I prayed. I said, God, I mean, you gave us the house, you gave us the baby. I had to believe that if this is your will, you're gonna provide. And and I just started speaking scriptures like, you know, you said you're Jehovah Jireh, you're our provider. You said you give us the desires of our heart. You said you own the cattle on a thousand hills. I Just started speaking that, and I had a dream. It wasn't actually a dream, it was more like a vision, and it was that my wife's job was going to go away soon. So I tell my wife, I said, "Hey, I had this dream that your job's going to go away." And she laughed hysterically because they were swamped, like they, they couldn't hire enough people. and Can you believe, just as the dream occurred, it happened, she lost her job got a severance package, and literally over that period of time, not a long period of time, God began to dramatically increase my salary. And do you know within a couple of years, I was making what both of us were making together? God can do the impossible. I'm living proof of that. And I tell people all the time, he's no respecter of persons. If he gives you a dream, he's going to provide there's some someone once said where God guides, he provides. When Jesus was walking on water, he rebuked the winds and waves and he asked, where is your faith? Do you believe that faith plays a huge part in our lives and that it can be a difference maker? That we don't have faith in the thing, but we have faith in God to move mountains. There's a scripture in the Bible, it says, when I return, will I find faith? It's almost as if he's looking for his people to take him at his word, that when he says he's going to do something, we believe it. In Philippians 1.6, it says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Don't doubt your dream once God has confirmed it. What is the opposite of doubt? It's faith. When we doubt, we cause God to be smaller in our lives because we don't believe he's able to do it. Faith without works is dead. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible. None of us want to displease him, but he says that. When you don't believe that I'm able. It displeases him. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God, and faith must be accompanied by action. It's one thing just to believe in something, but it's another to take active steps toward your dream. The fourth thing we must recognize is that we have an enemy that wants to thwart the plans God has for us. And just as God has a plan, the enemy has a plan for us. Do you get that? Just as God has a plan, the enemy has a plan for us. John 10.10 says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren. The Bible says that the enemy wants to steal our dreams, our purpose, our hopes, and our vision. Why? To keep us from reaching our full potential in Christ. That's what he wants to do. And number five, when we get discouraged, we must encourage ourselves in the word and prayer. It's one of the areas that we probably don't spend enough time in. But if we do, big things happen. Psalm 2714 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Constant, consistent in prayer. In James, it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. What's that mean? We accomplish the goals. God has for us. We must keep thanking Him every day for advancing, advancing forward in this journey of life we're on. It's not surprising to all of us that the ones we see in the Bible with the most success are the ones that stayed close to God and to His Word. They spoke to the Lord continually. And finally, there's a big one. I submit there is a huge reason we don't see our dreams come true today. It's all about our time. How many times do we hear, I don't have enough time? Yes, it is true. The clock never stops turning. There is a finality to our existence here on Earth. Many of us think we don't have enough time, and yet, even a person in their 60s still has 7,300 days left on Earth. There are more than a half a million minutes available to us every year. Did you know that research tells us that nearly half of our lifetime will be spent in bed? Half of our lifetime will be spent in front of a screen. According to Huffington Post, most people will only spend just over a year on exercising, romance, socializing, and schooling. We spend a mere 115 days of our lives laughing. We think we have so little opportunity, and yet we have precious minutes available to us. I want to tell you a story about one of our dear friends, Joyce Bogle. At the age of 53, Joyce had a dream. In that dream, she saw herself graduating with a degree. In that dream, she saw the exact school she was supposed to attend. She thought, I have no desire to do that. None. This stay at home mom that had raised four children and took care of a dear friend whose health deteriorated was heading back to school at 57 years of age. Can you imagine that? And Joyce had attended college after she graduated high school. She had completed nearly half her studies, but got married and turned her attention to her husband and children. When she decided to go back to school, she found that her records were destroyed in a school fire and that she would have to start all over again. After going back to school, she went for five semesters and then got so discouraged she quit for two years. Yes, two years. It was hard, exhausting, and draining. And to top it all off, she had to care for an elderly parent with acute dementia. Every time she would think about going back to school, dread would overtake her. One day, she awoke with an unusual peace that gave her the confidence to begin again. After five and a half years and now 65 years of age, 12 years after the dream, Joyce Bogle Graduated with her degree. This woman, brave, overcame her credits being destroyed by fire, the weight of going back to school after being a stay at home mom and caregiver, and achieved her goal. But what was the goal? Was it to get a degree? No! That was the journey. She used that degree to become a chaplain. She started off ministering to those that were in jail. She later worked with prison inmates and finally served those that were on death row. God had a specific plan for Joyce. Most of us are ready to retire at the age of 65. Joyce had served so much and gave so much already. But God said your career is just beginning. Those long days caring for others helped build a compassion for those that were incarcerated. That master's degree in divinity, which took so long, was necessary to equip her for this special work. The dream never died. It was just dormant. Without Joy stepping up and stepping out, imagine a number of lives that would never have been touched by God's love. Let's end where we began. So what happened to Death Valley? After it had received record rainfall, it came to life. However, once everything dried out, it went dormant again. It looks exactly the way it looked before the rains came. In fact, I just learned it broke a new high recently. See, if we don't water and feed our dreams, they go dormant. Dreams are hard to accomplish, but they don't die. They lay dormant until we pick them up again. So what are you waiting for? You know that dream. The one you have. The one that you've been holding on to. The one in your mind that you think can't be resurrected. You've been disappointed time and again because that dream hasn't come to fruition. But that dream still needs to come to pass. But that dream is still possible. Do you believe? that with God, all things are possible. It's not easy to change our lives, to take a step toward that dream. Joyce proved that. She had setback after setback, but she prevailed. You say, well, what if I'm wrong and I'm wasting my time? Well, don't you think God will show you that? After all, he's not the author of confusion, but he is the author and finisher of your faith. You say, but what if I'm right, but I I just can't keep going? You keep going. You continue to move forward. Dreams are hard and disappointment is everywhere. We're called to persevere, drive through failure, and succeed in whatever God has called us to. I know you're saying, I've cried out to God and ask him, why aren't you moving in my situation? Where are you during this storm? Make no mistake, he is with you. He's as close as the mention of his name. Though you may not see him, though you may not feel him, he is helping you and working on your behalf. But it's important that you remove the doubt so you can see the road ahead. It's important that you tune out the doubters and the dream killers in your life. You have but one life to live. What will it be in the end? Victory or defeat? Does a runner expect to endure pain? You can't make it to the finish line if you don't keep running. Does a mountain climber have a fear of falling? Does a boxer expect not to be hit when they're in the ring? we're not to complain about it. We're to thrive in it and through it. The problem is is that we think our struggles are wrong when they're exactly what is needed to forge ahead. Why? We cannot stop growing. We cannot stop pushing ourselves. That's when the Lord meets us, when it's darkest, just when we want to quit. We must never stop working on our dreams. We can't live life worrying about our failures. Martin Luther King Jr. gave his all for the dream. Nearly every apostle suffered a horrible death for their dream, for their destiny, for their purpose in life. Joyce struggled through so much to achieve her dream at such a late period in her life. How far will you go for that dream? Something happens when we take steps toward our dream. Life brings a new meaning. Our lives begin to change and evolve. We become stronger, more committed, and our failures end up making us better. Not everyone is going to believe in our dream, but we have to surround ourselves with giant slayers people that believe like we believe, those who have overcome insurmountable odds, yes, those who have been tested in the fire and have proven faithful. We can do this with confident patience, strength through the trials, faith to overcome the obstacles, and encouragement through the word and prayer. We can touch lives. And if we choose to do it and stretch toward that dream, we will achieve what God has called us to. As long as we have breath, it is not over. Our dream is still alive. God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's podcast. Would you take a moment and provide a rating, subscribe, and consider sharing this message of encouragement with others. You can also visit us on scottknuckles.com to get more information. Until next time, blessings.